Oh, it just kind of stopped. Didn't even get higher up there or like no breath. It just nope. kind of just throat, faded off. Throat just closed up. My brain just went. I can't. Nope. I even can't take any more of this. I'm shutting <laughs> this shit down now. <laughs> <laughs> Crashed the emergency breaker and just went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. <laughs> we have fun. Oh, you're crazy. Yep. Because I have too much energy. You got to calm me down. What? You got to calm true. me down. We're all cooped up. You're going stir crazy. I'm going stir. You're crazy. You're going stir crazy. I was. I was born social distancing You've been myself. Trained for this. I'm enjoying my quarantine quite a <laughs> bit. I was born in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got video games I haven't even touched yet. I got. Yep. I got podcasts. Even I'm I have playing to do. video games now, kind of. You haven't even checked your mailbox in Animal Crossing. You shit the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> you know how long it took to write out those notes I sent you. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I got movies, podcasts, audiobooks coming soon. You do a lot of podcasts. I do. Check them out. <laughs> anyway, you know what else I've got a lot of? Uh, wanting for beer. Yes. I have a taste that can't be satiated. There we go. Well, actually, no, that makes it sound like I have a problem. Yeah. Never mind. Or it does. Yeah. I got a need. I got a, I got a controlled need. <laughs> <laughs> totally under control. For beer. <laughs> and I have a fridge full of beer. It's true. We do. That's right. Quarantine be damned. We are not stopping this show. The Kraken train doesn't stop. So uh, I'm just a color commentary here. You're going to have to stop me at some point and tell me, <laughs> what are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking The Cocoon, an IPA. Ew. Oh, it's a beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great way to start off our relationship. With <laughs> this is uh, an IPA from Relic Brewing, which is a small batch craft brewery and whiskey bar located in Plainville, Connecticut. They're also a whiskey bar? Yeah, I'll get to it. Ooh. So I believe this is going to be the first time we've had the cocoon, mm -hmm. but I'm almost certain that we've had at least something else from Relic that was on tap before. I've, I've had some Relic in different restaurants and bars and stuff numerous times. Yeah, there were there were a bunch of names on the website that looked really familiar. Yeah, I've had quite a few Relic and I do like Relic a lot. Mm -hmm. I usually if I see Relic's name up there, I'll usually like, get that as one of my drinks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at the brewery, they rotate quite a few beers on tap on average between 12 and 17 at a time. Uh, it looks like mostly IPAs and double IPAs mixed in with a few different other styles. They also have wine and cider. But what is really cool and why I think we will almost certainly end up going here at some point is their impressive whiskey bar. They have over 600 unique and rare whiskeys, both Scotch and American. Uh, they also boast a selection of world-class cheeses and a restaurant menu a few days a week that looks pretty good. It's got like fancy bar bite type menu items. Mm. But uh, back to the beer. Relic has won a few awards for brews like their barley wine Kettle of Vultures, which got the silver medal at the 2018 Great International Beer, Cider, Mead and Sake competition. So the Cocoon, as I mentioned, is a New England style IPA that, to the best of my research knowledge, has been around for about two years, comes in at 6.4 ABV, and Relic describes it like this. Mosaic and Eldorado hops collide in one of our latest malt bills for a fruity and tropical experience. It's a medium-bodied single IPA with lots of citrus, peach, and passion fruit aromas and flavors. Uh, another website listed pineapple and mango as strong flavors. Mango. Uh, <laughs> with the brew being sweet up front with modern bitterness. 
So it sounds like this will probably continue our trend of finding very summery beers at a very unsummery time. <laughs> but at least we're building up a list of solid go-tos for the next few months. Maybe they should stop having such cool looking cans. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird that we were really going into like summertime beers. Like we we did a little bit of the fall and winter beers. It feels like it's earlier than usual that all of these summer beers are. There's usually like a segue. Yeah, segue of winter beers that are like. Not like the stouts of like the Christmas mm-hmm. beers, yep. but they are kind of like a segue into the super summary, the like, super summary IPAs yeah. and stuff. Like you'll get more Kolsch's and stuff like right about yeah. now, I feel. I have, yeah. And now it's just like, nah, nah, dog. <laughs> summertime. Summertime. I'll tell you right now. It does I could not use seem a little like bit of summertime. summertime. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about hops. Uh, Mosaic doesn't feel new to us in beer, obviously, because it seems like it's in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I mentioned before in other episodes, it is relatively new in terms of the whole hop scene, having only been released in 2012. Uh, It's a complex hop that can be used in multiple ways, being bittering, flavoring, aromatic. And its versatility is why we see it pop up so much. Um, It's got high alpha acids, but low levels of cohumulone. And I'm sure I'm still not pronouncing that word right. But you definitely pronounced it way different than you said it the well, first time. It's like it's a chemical. So there's no Google like pronunciation of this word. <laughs> Just click the speaker next to Google and see if Google pronounces it right or not. Yeah, maybe I'll do that next time. So uh, which imparts a pleasantly hoppy aroma. Uh, Mosaic brings lots of flavors to the table. Everything from mango, blueberry, stone fruit to grassy, piney, earthy, herbal, and spicy. And as we posited previously, this is probably how the hop earned its name. And Mosaic is sometimes nicknamed Citra on steroids. It's difficult to substitute. This is one of those hops that is not available in pellets or cones for homebrewers yet. But there are a few combinations that might get you close, like Citra and Galaxy or Simcoe. Uh, The other hop featured in this brew is El Dorado, which has only a few years on Mosaic, having been created in 2008 and released to the public in 2010. Because it's a product of a cooler climate, it features a uniquely fruit flavor profile. It has flavors reminiscent of pineapple and mango with a resinous back note. And on the nose, you might be able to detect anything from pear to watermelon to stone fruits and even candy. Um, And it's Mm. another dual purpose hop um, being ideal for both bittering and flavoring as well as dry hopping. And apparently dry hopping is what brings out the more candy like flavors. And it works well in everything from lagers to wheat beers to pale ales and IPAs. So it's pretty That's all you got? Uh, you just started having a Southern accent there. I got nothing. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't intend for that. But uh, so let's get to the beer. Woo! Crack it. Nice. Good cracks. Good cracks. Nice. Sweet. Pretty hazy, but um, surprisingly light in color. I kind of expected it to be more orange for some reason. Oh, no, this is about what I expected. Like a yellowish gold hue. That has some head on it, though. Yeah. Both of us. Lacy. I can absolutely smell like the sweet sweetness. Uh, it's so fruity. Definitely smells fruity. I do get I can get that can. Maybe it's because you put it in my head, but I can get that candy for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the, the Eldorado hops. So we'll have to pay more attention the next time we get another beer with Eldorado if they really play with it and bring it out. So I definitely get that berry. The mm-hmm. and candy smell to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm getting... 
I don't know. It, it's probably just because they put it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but like mango and blueberry. I get the blueberry. I don't really get the mango that much, but I can kind of see maybe, where you maybe might. Maybe it's not mango. Maybe it's papaya. It's it's definitely like a I don't get passion fruit from this one like I do with the tribus ones. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What was the other one we had that had the uh, mosaic in it? A lot. I think we've only I think we've only featured one other beer that had Eldorado, but there's a there's a few that have had mosaic. So I think last time we talked about it, it really came up with a piney scent first. Yeah. And this one, I'm not really getting that on there. This is really like the fruitiness forward. All right. I'm taking a sip. Do it. Ooh. Oh, hello. Whoa. That kind of takes you on a ride from when it hits your tongue to right after you swallow. There's a there's a lot going on in this. It gets sweet and then super bitter. Yeah. You get definitely that sweetness. This is such a sweet beer right yeah. off the. But then it really kind of. Right off the sip. Yep. It hits those bitter spots on the tongue at like right after you swallow too. Nice carbonation. Yeah, it not, is. Not it's too much, but. Not like crazy carbonated. Not what I would have expected for the giant head. I would have expected it to be a little bit more carbonated. I find the beers with the really foamy heads, mm. like the really kind of, I guess, best way to describe them is like sticky foamy heads. Sticky. I find that they end up being the beers with the lower on the lower end of the carbonation train. Okay. Which is which kind of makes sense. I don't know why, but also, you know, if you get a stout and, you know, stouts sometimes have oftentimes have like the really thick heads. Yeah. Tend to be low in, in carbonation. Then you get a pint of Guinness, you're going to get that huge foam head. Yes. Not the most carbonation, but also not, Guinness is nit probably nitro. Probably the so. least carbonation that I can think of, to be yeah. completely honest. But yeah. That sweetness is so interesting. I'm trying to go back through my notes really quick and find out when the last one that we featured Mosaic was. Uh, the last time we talked about Eldorado was Tribus, blank check. Right, right. Yeah, that is not what this tastes like. No, no. This is so unique and different, I think, to any of the ones that I might have had beer that tastes kind of like this before. Mm -hmm. But this is definitely the most unique one that we've had on the show in terms of the sweetness. Yes. Other than obviously like the fruited sours and stuff like that. In terms mm -hmm. of having an IPA that's this sweet, this is definitely the sweetest. I would agree. Of the IPAs we've done on the show thus far. It almost takes me back to the beer, the couple of beers that we made when you bought me the uh, Mr. Beer crafting kit. And yeah. I, I had to like, you have to put the sugar in to ferment everything. And mm -hmm. like ours, ours came out a little sweet on the sweeter end. That That's kind of what this kind of is. Not to say it's amateurish. No. But just that it has no. that sweet note first. So I, very I wonder, I would be very curious. We should look up what actually has, or I'm, I'm sorry, what the, what the Mr. Beer kit includes in their like pre-made stuff. Cause we had oh, the, the wart, the pre-made yeah, wart and stuff. Yeah. I think it's more the sugar I had to add because of it. But what hops they use. Oh yeah. I don't and, remember and how it works. But I would say for this beer, the, like we also talk about the sweetness turning into that bitter flavor, mm -hmm. but when you drink it, it's like when you sip, at least when I sip, I don't breathe out immediately when I sip. Mm -hmm. You know, you sip and then kind swallow it, and yeah. breathe out. The sweetness is the breath the take in mm -hmm. and then the bitterness is kind of the breath out. But it doesn't have yeah. much of an, even with all that, it doesn't have much of an evolution. It kind of That's true. The fruitiness of goes. it doesn't change. Like I don't get like a different fruit. Flavor, yeah. You don't get any other profile as notes. It goes, yeah. yeah. So then that pininess that's supposed to be in mosaic is completely non-existent here. It, it definitely takes most of the fruits and the candies. Yeah. Also, I just found the other beer that we featured recently that uh, featured mosaic hops was Ode to Blumpy. Ah, which is also very different. Yes. That was more of a combination of the pine and the fruit, though. 
and that mm-hmm. was more mango. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is kind of like that blueberry, maybe papaya, like you said. Yeah. But yeah, definitely like that stone fruit kind of berry thing coming at you. Mm-hmm. And that candy, that candy, that sweet, un... It's so unique. Unspecific, like, like this is definitely something. It's just like this sweetness. Yeah. Followed briefly by some bitters to make you know that you drank a beer. <laughs> and then as hey, quickly in ca- as in it's, case you forgot. <laughs> as quickly as it's there, it's gone. Mm-hmm. No aftertaste, no lingering taste of the beer you just had either. Which is like twenty nine pews, kind of. Yeah, that that came and went pretty quick as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very unique. Very. Very sweet. I wanna take a beer class, like real bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is your beer class. You're teaching it and learning at the same time. But I'm definitely, my, my resources are limited. I want, <laughs> I want to, I want to take a, someone who tells me like, this is what you're tasting and, and why you're tasting it. What hops go into it? What about the fermenting process makes it that way? Or, you know, if they had done this differently, then it would come out like this. It, it's also interesting. And I hated chemistry in high school. Hated it. <laughs> my teacher was awful. But chemistry with beer. Hey, they might be listening to this podcast. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I dig it. I like this a lot. Be good in the summertime. Yep. We keep saying that. (laughs) Because like you already said, it's a summertime type beer. It was released in the summertime when I found the first post about it. um, Like I said, about two years ago. So when it was first released, it was a summertime thing? Yeah. Now, is this like just a standard year round one now because of that? Mm -hmm. It was just so popular? It seems to be one that is consistently available. At least in cans. I don't know about if they keep it on rotation all year round or if they focus more on seasonal beers at the brewery itself. And what was the uh, ABV on this? 6.4. That's not bad. No. I feel like when we started drinking beer, that was a little bit on the higher end. But now it seems to be more of the norm as far as something that's not like a lager or a pilsner. True. Yeah. The only thing that I would say about this is that it's... Sweet to the point that I don't know how many I could have in a row. Yes. I I, om- I was thinking the same thing. Like I would almost want to switch it up and then go back to it maybe. Yeah. Like I usually would have it. Like if I'm having a beer at a restaurant, I'm usually going to have like probably stick around for like three usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this would probably be my first and I might finish with it because I do like it quite a bit. Yes. But I would need to. <laughs> as as I'm almost done with it. You're almost done with this. Oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> uh, but that's the problem is like. You drink it like a soda and then it's gone. But yeah. also I have a habit of drinking things that are a little on the sweeter side and getting headaches. True. Especially when I don't eat a lot. Yeah. We still haven't figured out what hop it is that like affects you so strangely. Did we even talk about that on the show yet? I don't think so. So there's a hop. It's out there. Somewhere out there. And it essentially makes me fall asleep. Yeah. It just it's makes like me. It's like for like, you. Not just like, oh, you're sleepy, Mike. No. Like, like, no, like literally he will. I will get really dizzy forcing myself to stay awake yeah and all i will want to do is literally like pass out there, i don't there care have where been a i few am times where like we would come home from dinner and you would literally like fall asleep at 8 p.m which is completely bed. unlike you i usually go to bed at like 4 a.m yeah <laughs> uh yeah we're going out to dinner and then i just fall asleep on the table there was that one time yeah <laughs> it's like there's something in one of the hops i don't know what hop it is or if it's something maybe it's in the wart and not really necessarily the hop could be Something in some beer, and it's been in different styles of beer from different breweries. Yes. That make me just go to sleep. And we haven't figured out exactly what it is. No. Sometimes I can kind of taste it, though. Yes. I'd be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, this could be it. But no, this is more just like it would give me almost like a sugar high, like a sugar headache kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. 
I can see that. This is very, very sweet. This is way sweeter than I thought it would be. It is very, very good. Very interesting. Extremely. Just as interesting as the can. <laughs> nice segue. Right? So the can's pretty cool. I imagine that's why Elise bought it. Yep. <laughs> Which goes to show once again that it's... Uh, it's all about the can art. <laughs> the can art is almost just as important as it the beer nowadays. In, yeah. Despite what my, my friend Dave from Two Player Bros mocks me <laughs> for saying. So it's uh, just colorful, colorful, like these pinks and light blues and greens, all tropical versions of these colors and like a lilac type color. It says, you know, it's got the Relic Brewing logo on it. And which uh, I love that font, whatever font they use for Relic, the like the old, it's like old and coming apart and yeah, steampunky ish kind of like a relic. Two lions holding up a beer glass. There's some pink shapes going on the top and bottom that are kind of like a cutout triangle. Oh, it's a butterfly. It's a butterfly. Did you just so the can that? Is, the can is pink <laughs> and everything else is within a butterfly, but the butterfly is basically the portrait of the can. Yep. So this it's pink kind of the triangles. frame in which all of all of the other things are, are inside. In. So inside the actual can, which is the pink part, is larvae or caterpillars kind of crawling around. Mm-hmm. They look like baby mothras. And so in the center is this striking, almost cutout version of a butterfly. So within the butterfly cutout, that's where you get this picturesque, like you're zoomed into a garden. So you're getting these petals of uh, different orchids and, you know, these purples and pinks and greens and the sky is this light blue. But nice petally flowers. And uh, your butterflies have hatched and they're certainly the same style as the caterpillars because they match colors and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And in the middle, it says the cocoon. Tropical India Pale Ale with Mosaic and Eldorado Hops. One pint alcohol by volume, 6.4%. Brewed and canned at Thomas Hooker Brewing Company in Bluefield, Ooh, Connecticut. interesting. Or Relic Brewing. So we've seen this a lot. Did we mention... I, I know I said that uh, Hooker did brew other stuff, but I don't know if they specifically listed Relic. That's cool. Mm. So I wonder if that's why the can is so uh, similar to Ode to Blumpy in the, like, the kind of like vinyl kind of sticker. Oh, maybe the very smooth and, sticker. Yeah. I don't know. But we've talked about that a bunch of times. Like mm-hmm. different breweries will brew beers for different other breweries that don't yep. have the space or they brew too much or something's become too popular. Yep. Um, As is the case with uh, Sip of Sunshine. So, yeah. Our second, being, ep- I, that's our second episode, right? Uh, it was. Yes. So episode two, go back, back <laughs> through the ages and see episode, episode two, Sip of Sunshine by Lawson's Finest. Which is located in roads. Vermont. And Two Roads in Sta- uh, Stratford was the one that was brewing it for them. Yep. Because the demand was just so high here. Yeah. It got to the point For a before- long time, it was like, it was a cult following, honestly. Like, you would have to, like, know someone at the <laughs> liquor store. They were getting a shipment and the cans would be gone in the same day. Yeah. They'd have to be, who are you? We're limiting it to four cans per person. They'd have you on a I, list. Yeah. I remember going to the, the liquor store and only being able to buy two single cans. Like, they actually broke apart a four pack. And limited it by that. <laughs> I remember going in to try to get cans because you told me that you put your my name down or whatever mm-hmm. or your name down. And they were like, oh, well, it looks like she already just picked up. Yep. And I go, well, no, I was told to drop my name. Ah, I let it go this time. Like it was like this super crazy Exclusive thing. Exclusive club to get to Sip of Sunshine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting how brewers will help other brewers out by doing that and brewing cool. small batches for yeah. other people. Yeah. It's a very collaborative process brewing. Mm-hmm. Even they're and all in competition of- with each other. They're not really in competition with yeah. each other. And with this whole, I mean, obviously right now, as we record this, the whole COVID-19 quarantine is going on. I've been following a lot of breweries on Instagram for a long time, and I've seen a lot of them 
stepping up to help each other out at this time. Like one brewery apparently ran out of crawlers that they were doing as a to-go service. Because you have to can't replace anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no reusing anything right now. Um, So another local brewery said, hey, like, you know, we have extra crawlers. Take these. So that's cool. Everyone's stepping up to help each other out and support local. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm a little disappointed by my can review. The can is beautiful what? and I like it. It didn't tell me why they called this beer the cocoon. That's true. Usually weird names like that, they'll let you know why they call it something. Yeah, I couldn't find anything on the website. I'm almost wondering if they think that this beer becomes from one thing, turns into another. Like that sweetened to bitterness. The bitterness is the butterfly. Oh, okay. I like that theory. Okay, that could work. I mean, I'm talking out my ass, but... You are, but... (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that could be the reason. Could be. I'm really disappointed they didn't tell me why it's called the cocoon, Mm because that is really... The can is pretty, the name is not. It's true. It's not a... When I think of the word cocoon, there are two things I think of. Gross larva pods that Mm -hmm. turn into butterflies or old people from the movie Cocoon. Yeah. (laughs) There's two things I think of. Old people and... It's not exactly appetizing. Maggots in a nest. (laughs) Although when the the larva looks like uh, Mothra, baby Mothra, like in the can, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of cool with it, but... So yeah, check out Relic Brewing. I'm very excited to go to their brewery. I did not know they also did the whiskey thing. Yeah. I'm going to have to get an Uber there. <laughs> um, I really like whiskey. You do. We should do an episode of talk about our hop, my hop whiskey that you got me. Oh, we could. Because that's really cool. Yeah. Um, check out Relic. I've liked pretty much everything I've had from Relic, mm-hmm. I think is really good. So if you haven't checked out Relic before, this is the first time I think I've bought, we've gotten the cans from Relic. Yes. Uh, but Relic's available if you're in the Connecticut area relics available all over the place. Yeah. I've had numerous relics before, so check them out. They're really great. And yeah, I'm gonna keep drinking my The Cocoon. All right, time for some pop culture news and reviews. Pop culture news. Sponsored by me. Add here. Sponsored by me. But also, first off, pop culture news. Today marks the one year anniversary of this podcast. So <gasps> That's cheers. The biggest baby. pop culture news of all. Cheers. And thank you to all of our listeners. Yes. We love you. And we hope that you're enjoying it. We know we are. She loves you. Like, I like you, but like, I don't know if I'm like in in love with with you. you. Like, I don't know if I like you like you, but I like you guys. But like, I don't know. And as you say that, the the listenership is going down. (laughs) No, I love you guys. I love you. Come back. Come back, baby. I'll make it all right. Uh, No, yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Been loving doing this podcast. a bajillion beers, so we'll never we'll never be done with this podcast. We'll never run out. <laughs> Get my dialysis machine, baby, because my liver's going for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> so first episode of Lizard's Breath. Yep. So we'll have to crack one of those open later. Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday to us. Enough stroking our own egos. What else we got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a review for you. And <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this. <laughs> you and the rest of this country. <laughs> yep. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that by now, if you have the internet, you have at least seen a meme about Tiger King on Netflix. Um, It's only been out for about two weeks, but it has taken the quarantined world by storm. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm about halfway through the seven episode limited run series, and it is even more bonkers, like take how crazy it looks from the outside and just go ahead and multiply it cannot make this stuff up. I wasn't even planning on watching it at first. I think I distinctly told you that. I that knew it, that you'd it, watch it. That it looked stupid. Um, Please. But A, 
Netflix's life now. And B, I found out that underneath the crazy like Florida man facade at its core, this is actually a true crime documentary. And I know you have a pretty, pretty good idea of how much true crime I've digested over the years. No um, enough that I have numerous lawyers with numerous things to say, if I've disappeared, it's you. <laughs> They're not the body looking for the body because you've already figured out how to dispose of it. Yeah. Yeah, you scare me. I love you. Because I have no choice. Somebody save me. <laughs> um, but this is probably the most bizarre case and characters that I have seen. <laughs> Joe Exotics is normal as the next guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so they they bounce around between a few different exotic zoos and sanctuaries from one to another. And you've got your main focus basically on three people, Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin and Doc Antle. And there's interviews with a handful of other exotic animal owners and specialists around the country. They all seem to know each other somehow or have beef with each other or have dirt on each other. Not a lot of them seem to get along for whatever reason. They're they're slinging mud and for good reason. The the subtitle for this show is Murder, Mayhem and Madness and that is 100% accurate. You've got everything in here from cheating to polygamy to murder slash murder for hire, animal abuse accusations, alleged arson, which we haven't gotten to yet. But I saw an article earlier today that there is apparently there was a fire at Joe Exotic Sanctuary that ended up unfortunately killing several of his animals. And some of those animals were alligators. And some of those alligators were the docuseries failed to mention this. But they were previously owned by Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Exotic got them from the Neverland Ranch when it closed. This show is just nuts. And I, I, I will probably finish it tomorrow. Not, I'm not going to lie. It's like a train wreck. You just you can't look away. And there are there are some moments where it's like office level uncomfortable to watch. I will say that uh, Joe Exotic is quite the character. Yes. He makes the show more watchable than it should be because of how outlandish he is, which I mean, if he had a show on TV previous to this. So like if anybody had watched that, which I had yeah. seen a little bit of it, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's way out there and stuff. Yeah. So that makes it a little less your everyday cookie cutter. Everything's the same kind of documentary about this one thing kind yeah. of a thing. And they, they, yeah, there's just a, there's a bunch of little subplots going on. Watch it. Tiger King on Netflix. Maybe next week I'll circle back around to it with like final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and just yesterday there was a tweet from the sheriff's office down in Tampa asking anyone who may have information about Don Lewis's disappearance to come forward with that information. Apparently they've been receiving on average about six tips per day since Tiger King came out. So maybe maybe Netflix will help solve a cold case. Oh, that's cool. I do like when these things actually do their fucking job. Yeah. Well, not that this is this thing's Man. job. It's just a sensationalized Bringing things. back the bleeps. Fucking right. I got to make up for the last three fucking shows where there were no fucking bleeps. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> the show's rated explicit for a fucking reason. And it's not just okay, that it's pointing okay. one up with the beer. <laughs> so that's what I got. <laughs> Thanks for making my editing job harder. What do you got? <laughs> I just want you to I just want you to keep 
honing my skills, honing your skills. <laughs> I just want you to keep active and and I want you to keep your brain going during this this quarantine. I don't I don't want you to get too couch potato. I don't want you to go insane. I need you to give you some extra work to do. Oh, gee. I'm thinking nice. of you, babe. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, then. You guys want some news? You guys want some freaking news? I want some news. I got some news. All right. So uh, I've got some interesting news that also kind of makes me mad, but it's also interesting. Okay. So uh, Zach Braff Mm -hmm. and Donald Faison have announced a Scrubs rewatch podcast called Fake Doctors Real Friends. (laughs) So obviously Zach Braff and Donald Faison played Turk and JD in the popular show Friends. Uh, Excuse me, what? In the popular show Scrubs. (laughs) (laughs) That title got you all mixed up. It did. I'm no Superman. Everything comes down to poop. poop. Sorry. <laughs> so I guess it's produced by iHeartMedia. I wonder what else it's going to, if it's going to be anywhere else to listen to then. And basically they're just going to watch each episode of the quote unquote hit medical sitcom and provide a running commentary track. Oh, that's kind of interesting at least. So while the show's going, they're just going to be talking while it's going yeah. instead of watching it and then doing it afterward. That's interesting. So they're going to yeah, talk about their filming experiences. Where, like, you hit play and then watch the that you line it up with the thing yeah we were gonna do that with forgotten cinema so here's my problem with this (laughs) so many celebrities now are trying to get on the podcast train and i get it it's great we're doing it we're like you're actors you got other jobs i I, i'd like to let us have one thing exactly taking all our views not that this is really related to scrubs but except for the fact that we both love scrubs (laughs) yes i will probably listen to some of this Uh, it's going to be really interesting. They're going to have some guest stars, including the show's creators and stuff like that. And they're talking about their own friendship, answer fan questions about the show, talk about what it was like filming it. So it's very interesting. And they're both famously very good friends, like best friends in real life. Yeah. So, I think uh, that they're going to have a, a great back and forth, even when it's not scripted. Yes. So it, I, yeah, I'm definitely excited. It, for it's going to be a really good, really interesting show. Uh, and that's going to be on iHeartMedia. It did not have an exact date, I don't oh, believe. Oh, it's not out yet. I was kind of, I saw this uh, headline this morning. I didn't read the article, but I was kind of hoping it was out already. Oh, here's what makes me sad. It's been a decade since the show ended. Ugh. Ugh. I remember, literally, I remember in eighth grade, one of my friends telling me, hey, you should watch this show. It's really funny. I... And it was over in... I think I just always watched <laughs> AOL Instant Messenger conversation. <laughs> Hey, at the twinkle in our eyes. <laughs> <sighs> or whatever your first AIM screen name was called. Uh, Lizzie 1387. <laughs> because I was obsessed with Lizzie McGuire and I really, I wanted the nickname Lizzie to stick. Even though, I, I mean, technically. You're not going to make fetch happen, baby. <laughs> oh my God. I love you so much for making that <laughs> reference. <laughs> Do you want me to call you Lizzie? No. Thank I'm, you. I'm over that. All right. Yes, it does not have a release date yet. You got anything else? I do not. All right. I've got one more thing for your roundup. Do it up. Other than, you know, everything is canceled because of uh, COVID. Yeah. And this is uh, this is actually venturing into some two-player bros territory, but I thought it'd be exciting enough news mm-hmm. uh, to both you and the world so that I, I should share it here as well. I'll probably do an entire episode of two-player bros on this. Yeah. And that is that uh, coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 is going to be the original Star Wars racer. What? That's what? right. Pod racer is coming to your video game consoles, your modern <laughs> video game consoles. Bust out your giant 80 inch TVs yes. and start playing some not quite remastered Star Wars really? racing. Really? It's going to be like N64 level graphics? I think it'll be like the PC version graphics. So smooth, oh. smoother, but still the N64 version, yes. 
That's awesome. All your favorite characters, like all 24 of the characters or whatever it is, <laughs> upgrading your, your pod racer, going to Watto, buying the parts, you know, crashing into things, going up for speed, getting your engines messed up, having to hold the right trigger and left trigger to, to put more energy into uh -huh, either of your uh -huh. engines to make sure that they can be repaired so you don't blow up and spin out of control. Now, if only I could use my N64 controller for this because that's the only fucking controller that I apparently was ever good with. With the bloops, it's because you don't know how to change the camera because you don't know how to work a camera. <sighs> <laughs> but also, you will still only need the one joystick, so it's fine. All right. So obviously I'm a huge fan. She's a huge it, fan. It was, it was and one this of is the, someone who barely plays video games. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So the, the only video games that I have ever <laughs> been good at were on Sega Genesis N64 or my Game Boy. And this was one of my few favorite games that I had for N64. So I'm, I'm thoroughly excited. Did you win? Did you win racer? Did you beat Saboba? I did not beat it. No. Poser. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I am so wizard at race pod racing. Good for you. <laughs> so wizard, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Going into Watto's shop, getting the different pieces, mm -hmm. failing the race like over and over and over and over. Oh my God. And just knowing that you needed like one more piece and like going to Watto's shop yep. and getting that just like look at your boost for acceleration. Just getting that little bit of extra boost. Mm -hmm. Just just sold you the capacitor. You got a little better capacitor. You got like a little like centimeter more boost. And then boom, you won the race by a hair. But you won. You won. And you'll never have to go back there again <laughs> because you you beat it. Oh, man. I had obviously I played as Anakin a lot of the times because his pod racer was pretty even. Mm -hmm. But my boy in that game, my boy in that game was Gascano. <laughs> Gascano, the long necked little alien dude oh, who looked like a dude. classic alien. Yep. I loved Gascano. I was him all the time playing that game. He was so awesome. So Gascano. What, what was it about his pod? His pod racer was just kind of sleek. It was sexy. Yeah, I loved the 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 green. It was uh this green sexy pod N64 racer. Graphics. But it had that no, it's like his engines were like these awesome jets that had these like wings on the on the fronts of them. Okay. And then Ooh. they were like, it was one of those pod right. racers where the engines were just so big compared to the rest of his pod racer. Mm -hmm. So it's like he was he was basically in one of those little like Frisbee sh uh, sleds, <laughs> but he was riding two giant like 747 jet engines mm -hmm. size wise. And it was just so ridiculous. And he was such a ridiculous looking long neck, actually like an over exaggerated like gray alien that you would see in like the X-Files or whatever mm -hmm. that I thought he was so funny and he's got the four arms and he's just he's just great and his guy his name is Gascano like he's just so <laughs> stupid I love this dude so apparently Gascano I'm gonna give you some information right here all right he's a uh, from the his home world is Troikin uh, and he's from he's a Zexto species. Uh, he's ah, one point yes. two two meters. He has no hair. His eye color is black, and his skin color is white. His affiliation: pod racing, baby. Woo! And this is uh, straight <laughs> from the Wiki Wikipedia, uh, uh -huh. which is uh, your go-to source for any real Star Wars facts that need to be uh, need to go to. <laughs> Cascano's my boy, nerd. <laughs> whatever. So bubble flashing with his vents, and I just said whatever, and I won that Mosses classic. What? <laughs> Fight me, yo. I did pod racing on Malice there. Very dangerous, <laughs> according to Qui-Gon Jinn. And it was. But I still won. Me and my boy Gascano took it to the gold. Don't be hating. I'm really excited for this game. I can tell. <laughs> it is. I, I'm not a huge fan of racing games because it's usually like, all right, you race your cars, whatever. Yeah. They're fun. I play them for a little bit, but I, I usually lose interest in them after a little while. Mm -hmm. But this game, no. 
Not so much. A, it's Star Wars, which is awesome. B, mm-hmm. you're on alien planets. And C, because you have to upgrade your pieces and parts more often, and it seems to matter more than in most racing games. And not only that, but the need to balance the energy levels on either of your pod engines yeah. and repair them and stuff adds another layer to racing that makes it more exciting while you're going through the tracks. And it's the tracks themselves are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And very interesting because you can go through always branching paths and depending on what branching path that is, it's either going to be a little quicker, but more dangerous or a little less dangerous, but a little slower. Yeah. And it's like, which path do I take depending on the situation or how good I am at it? Exactly. It's just, oh God, I love it. I love pod racing. I'm the only human who could do it. What? It's a line from the movie. Get on my level. (laughs) Pod racing is very dangerous. You must have Jedi reflexes if you could do that. Then he grabs Jar Jar's tongue. Don't do that again. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, that's all the news I got for today. All right. I'm just going to be sitting by my Switch waiting for it to come out. It has not come out yet. But if you do need to get your old school Star Wars fix, Star Wars Jedi Academy, which is also a pretty fantastic game. Uh, I played it high on painkillers after I got my wisdom teeth taken out <laughs> in uh, middle school and high school. I think in between both of those. That is now available on Switch. So you could play that. That's cool. Yeah, so that was fun. I thought it was a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pod Racer, well, Star Wars Race will come out later on. Okay. Looking forward to it. Well, I think that just about uh, does it for this week if you're all set. I think I am all set. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode and our, our one year anniversary. No. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Open, or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com. Are there any plugs for you? So I've got two other podcasts that I do that you should totally check out. I've got Forgotten Cinema I do with my buddy Mike Fields about forgotten films that for whatever reason seem to be forgotten by audience, whether it came out against a more popular movie or it simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We talk about what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. During that time, we'll also give out fun facts about the film and talk about why it might have been forgotten. That comes out every Wednesday, wherever podcasts can be found. I've also got two player bros that I do with my buddy Dave Cannon. Uh, It's a podcast where we talk about all things video games. We try to do a deep dive every episode or tell you exactly what we've been playing. Give you some fun facts that you might not have known about the development of your favorite new games. Also available wherever podcasts we've had. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. For we're a jolly good fellow, for we're a jolly good fellow, for we're a jolly good fellow, which nobody can deny, which nobody can deny, which nobody can deny.